I caught myself when I'm looking at when I when I'm presenting something from a from a web browser, and I'll be looking for something and reading the screen. I'll be going, and I do that a lot. And it's you don't notice it until you hear yourself do it like forty times. Sorry, forty times. <laughs> We're going to talk about video editing tools today, which includes editing our podcast because our podcast is a. Would we call this a video first project? I don't know, but we would, we're definitely calling it a, a video podcast. So we're all, no matter what we've been doing over the last two years of our content creator journeys, uh, that we've been embarked on together, we've all done a ton of editing and tried different tools. So let's dish because we all have different perspectives and things that we like more. So Rob, I know you were talking earlier off camera. We're not going to spill any of that tea, but you were talking about, you know, how your editing needs may be changing, but did you, did you want to chip in here on the things that you've been using for the last little while and what, what you've been producing? Well, for the past year I've used, um, uh, Apple's products to do as much Mm -hmm. as I possibly can in terms of editing final cut pro, uh, being the main one, but you know, I was a uh, I bought into Descript early on, and had been using it as a tool for different things. And yeah, you know, I want to—I'll just say recently, Descript did some major changes to um, the platform, and and probably for the better. But at the same time. If you were on what they call Descript Classic and you all of a sudden you walk in and you see the new thing, you're like, what happened? And where do I start? And, and you know, obviously I can go to YouTube and watch some videos and read some things. But, you know, when you're used to using a tool, um, as I was using it for, for certain things, for social media, for uh, getting transcriptions off of videos for so I could upload the transcripts to YouTube – when those things change so drastically, you're like, well, there's a couple of days that I'm going to have to relearn this thing. So I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm happy that I know how to do what I need to do in Final Cut Pro. I will admit for those particular explainer videos, Final Cut Pro is probably overkill. Um, but, I, you know, Final Cut Pro has, has been this thing uh, that I'm using, and I'm going to just stick with it. And, and keep going. Um, I will put the time in to relearn Descript because I do think that it's a good tool to do things that fin- you can't do in Final Cut Pro. And I hope that I learn the new strengths of it so that I might be able to take some of that load off of Final Cut Pro. But I was just a little, I walked into it and was like, oh no, here's a, this isn't what I originally bought into. So Final Cut Pro, I like but it is overkill for most of the stuff that I do. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Rich, you are a non final cut pro person, right? You're all in the Adobe ecosphere, right? Did you ever get tempted or are you really happy that you're with Adobe and what have you been doing with Adobe premier products and, and that whole suite there? I got final cut a few months ago. I think last year when doc was saying, everybody just got to go try it for 30 days. And so I tried it for 30 days and Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. I don't like the way it, mm. it just feels different. And I'm already in the Adobe thing because I have to pay for it anyway. Because I use Illustrator and Photoshop for my graphics and my print work. 
So I already have it. So it'd be, it's really silly to buy another thing. I am interested in Final Cut for the iPad that they just announced. But again, that's yeah. a whole learning curve that I don't know if I want to invest the time in or not. Yeah. I heard that Adobe Premiere has either just released or they're kind of beating or whatever, some very descript-like features in Adobe Premiere in terms of transcription and that sort of thing. Have you seen that? Have you tried yes, it? I, I have not, but I, but I can. I do like their transcription, the way it works in Premiere. It works fine. And you can... I haven't seen the editing right. part the way the way they're the way they're talking about it. But I never was a fan yeah. of that with Descript anyway. I, I was on Descript for a couple of months and I never could get the hang of that either. Yeah. And was that sort of the the classic thing when you edited the words? Or did you were you doing the Descript thing as doing the storyboarding? When you were it was way before the storyboard thing came out. Um but okay. you were trying to I was just trying to edit stuff in the timeline. It just never was it never was it was always clumsy. Like it never would line up and you couldn't grab an end and stretch it and make it fill. It was just, I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I got on support and said, why can't I do this? They go, oh, you can't do that. I said, well, whatever it was, I don't remember what it was now, but that's when I gave it up. Yeah. But that, that was before everybody was into the vertical video and all that stuff. So it was, maybe I should have revisited, but right now I've got this way I've got it set up now with hiring the editing done. I don't really need to worry about any of it. So. And Michelle, you've gone in a totally different direction from, the big suites as well, haven't you? Or is it is it Canva that is your video video editing platform of choice, or are you using kind of a mix of things? I I have a really cool mix of things. So it's it's like a little bit of everything. I love Canva because it is extremely simple, but you know it can't do some of the things that I know how to do in Final Cut. So so typically I start off in Canva with all my graphics. Then once I do that, then I end up in this, uh, in the script, um, you know, for my transcription and stuff like that or whatever, getting my ahs and ums out because, you know, I say, you know, and write a lot. So anyway, um, <laughs> see, now I'm doing it again. Uh, so, and then after that, then I end up in final cut. So my editing process is a process, let me tell you. And I was kind of on board with the storyboarding thing, but I still actually use Descript Classic because to me, it's easier to do what I need to do. Um, I did a few things with the storyboard version, you know, every every now and then I would flip back and forth. But um, yeah, Canva. And then I always end up in Final Cut because I can do what I need yeah. to do. I can add what I need to add. It's just, you know, it's just easy that way for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Dina, you're, you're in the Adobe world, aren't you? For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I use yeah. Um, Premiere Pro and can, uh, not Canva, um, CapCut a lot. Uh, oh yeah. The two or three last videos I did were I'm shooting just with my phone. So it's really easy to just sit on the couch and just pop them into CapCut and go, uh, the yeah. the get it done dirty method seems to be going over well with with um, my audience, so I'm just going to keep going that way. That's awesome. Is the captioning really accurate in CapCut, or is it? Do you still have to do a lot of fixing with that? Um, I actually don't use any captioning. Ah, well, so apparently it's perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I 
if I need any kind of anything on the screen, then I'll throw it into, um, uh, what is that thing called? Adobe <laughs> Premiere Pro. So yeah, that's, uh, it, it has been so easy to edit lately that I don't even give it any thought. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. That's the dream, right? That's the thing that, you know, holds all of us back, especially the guy that I'm about to pick on right now. Where is he? Is he like that there? there no, wrong way. Here, this guy, <laughs> this guy who proudly does not edit almost at all, even though people allege that you do. Alec, let's talk about <laughs> editing with you. <laughs> yes, all of those ums and ers are carefully placed in post. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that was my my whole issue with editing was when I was trying to create course content uh, for other stuff not related to Take One Tech. And yeah, I was just my own worst enemy trying to get the perfect take all the time. Uh, and actually not even the perfect take. I would trip myself up by thinking, oh, well, I'll just keep talking and repeat little parts to, you know, get enough to be able to stitch it all together in the edit and that is where i really let myself down because i wasn't doing it in i suppose if i if i'd done it in a methodical way and you know done it in small takes to make sure i got all of the information at least in one of the takes or something like that then it would have been easier but yeah i i I then found that when i was coming and bringing it into the editing part um that i would be you know i wouldn't have the perfect take of some specific parts then i have to go back and re-record that bit and yeah, it was just a nightmare. And uh, uh, because I was always thinking that I could edit, I would then edit myself uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, sort of self-edit in the, the speaking part. So then I just thought, well, let me just do this as if I'm just speaking to somebody naturally. And uh, yeah, that just worked a lot better for me then. Uh, yeah. I have done editing though. I mean, there is not on the Take One Tech as such. There might be the odd bit where I've just like chopped out a bit in the middle. Uh, but for my podcast, then I do use... Um, Uh, Premiere Pro for that as well. Uh, But I don't really do heavy editing. All I'm literally doing is chopping the beginning and the end off and then dropping an ad in the the middle of it. Uh, But even that is too much friction for me. So I'm finding that, you know, if I hadn't, you know, done the edit at the time, then I sometimes get behind of that because behind with it because it's uh, it's just friction for me. I don't uh, I don't like the friction added into my workflow. So your your technique when you're using Ecamm to record yourself is that you you start recording and then then you pause and sort of give yourself a chance to cat no not even that you just no you just bomb I, through I don't pause I just I just I just go through it yeah yeah man do you think that you've developed your skills better because you have forced yourself like that's a forcing function for your speaking one hundred percent yeah because it's the yeah exactly it's there's there's no question okay. about that and i was looking back because it's been two years since i've uh, that i've been on uh, youtube doing this on on youtube and um, i went back and watched kind of my first <laughs> first live stream and i was speaking a lot slower then to try to be a lot more conscious about not umming and erring and then the result of that was it was just like really drawn out so i probably actually have fallen into the trap of doing a few more sort of filler words now uh, but i think the pace of it mm-hmm. is better because obviously the, the whole reason people do like these hyper edited videos with, you know, jump cuts and all these other different things or whatever they're called <laughs> um, are basically to to keep the momentum up and stop people from switching off. Uh, and so having a faster pace, it, there is a thing to that. Um, but there's a balance there between on a tutorial, having a faster pace and people thinking, whoa, 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 I can't keep up with it. So there is a balance there, but I've tried to speed up a little bit than, than I certainly did in the beginning. Is it the ums and ahs, the filler words that make you edit? I Not mean, necessarily. I, 
Okay. Because I don't really edit those out anymore. I think kind of like what Alec was saying, it, it slows things down too much. And I'd rather just get the information out there. If I say, um, when I'm taking this, you know, the, the C ring off the, the tractor wheel, I don't think anybody's going to care because they can see how to take the snap ring off. And that's the most important thing. So for me, it was slowing down the value. I caught myself when I'm looking at, when I, when I'm presenting something from a, from a web browser, and I'll be looking for something and reading the screen. I'll be going, and I do that a lot. And it's, you don't notice it until you hear yourself do it like 40 fucking times. Sorry, 40 times. Anyway, you just got to replace that, that with, reason. let's have a little look. That's right. <laughs> there you go. But I do edit for that. I and I do that. say stuff two or three or four times. And Alec is right about it actually makes more work if you say something four times because you don't remember why you said it four times. You don't know which one's the right one. Like you might hold your hand up to the screen while you're recording yourself. Like this is the one I want. And then it, you mess it up. I don't know. It's just, it's very clumsy. Editing does suck. I would rather not. That used it. to catch me out actually when I was editing the, the before Ecamm revolution <laughs> uh, was because I would, I would be going through the edit and I would start editing together a piece. And then I'd realize afterwards that I had done actually a whole nother take that was better than that one, but I'd already gone through and done like five or 10 minutes worth of content that I'd been editing down and then realized, Oh no, I did screw that one up. And I'd got this other take that was the one I wanted to use. Cause I wasn't doing it in a systematic documented way, I guess, to, you know, know which clip to use. What I'd usually do there is if I'm going to start over, if I'm going to do another take, I will take the time to delete the one that, that made me say, no, I'm going to do this again. Because I didn't want it to end up on my computer and me start editing the, the bad take. So I get rid of it before I even start the next take. Now, ideally, you just don't have to do more takes. Something I learned from Justin Brown was, you know, um, one of the things to do while you're you know, when you do, when you're recording, let's say you had a bad take or whatever, stop, you know, do it again if that, and then make the last take the best take. And then uh, when you edit, edit backwards. So the yep. last, so the first one that you see would be the best take. And then, you know, you can just trash mm -hmm. the rest. And so I was like, hmm, I like that. So um, <laughs> I, I've, I've adopted that anytime I do, um, you know, edited stuff like that. And then another trick that I um, I do, especially like if I'm making shorts and it has to be like 60 seconds and I ramble. So one of the things I did with Ecamm when recording shorts is I would do a sentence by sentence. I would practice a sentence and then hit record, say the sentence, stop. Then practice the next one, record, say the sentence. And then by the end of it, I'd have one nice take that doesn't have a whole lot of crap in it. And I don't really have to edit it because I, you know, hit the pause button. So I love the pause button when it comes to that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I do that trick as well. Do the edit backwards and move on from, you know, as long as it's good enough, that'll be the last take. But back to the ums and ahs, I think that's sort of the one that Descript as an editor is still... If you want to polish your results and you want to get all those ums and ahs out, Descript is the best for that because it's a one click, just boom. And you can literally time it, like how much of a gap do you want? And, and you can have very precise control over that. But I think there's some real trouble on the horizon for Descript because their lunch is getting eaten by first Premiere Pro. 
and then all the AI tools that a lot of us have been trying. So uh, there's been a few that have been on my list that I've I've given a shot with, but the one that I really love is Vidyo, V-I-D-Y-O dot A-I, because it, the transcriptions are really good, but you have a lot more control over what section of the clip it gives you the suggestions, but then you can say, actually, no, I want the 30 seconds over here, or I want the 230, you know, over there. And you can get really uh, specific and different about what you want. And then you can move things around the screen. The captions are completely available to stylize and you can, you can export it at all kinds of ratios, all the verticals, the squares, the landscapes, the everything that you need all from the same clip. So when I look at that and then I look what I would have to do to do that descript right now and how kludgy it still is, I'm like, ah, I, I kind of think it's, you know, tools like that are really going to jump out in front and a lot of people are going to jump on those bandwagons. Have any of you guys been trying any of the AI video editing tools at all in the last little bit? I tried uh, Opus Clips. Uh, I haven't tried the one that you recommended yet. I just haven't had time to get around to it. But um, I tried Opus Clips because I saw what Lewis was doing, Mr. Camera Junkie. So he had a whole series of videos that he posted. And I didn't know at the time that he was using AI to do it, but I kind of guessed because of the way that the clips come off. There was something about them that is, knowing how good his editing is in any case, you know, I could see that there was something slightly different about this in terms of the way it was put together. Uh, So I did try it off the back of his, and he did a a whole live stream about it off the back of that. Um, And... I have had mixed results, really. It did do a a good job in some cases. So I've got like a whole, I think about 20 or 30 shorts that are queued up that I took from that. Um, And there is some slight things that you can do with it. It's basically going to pick out the people and have them centered. But you can have it like with one person above another if you've got two people on the screen and it'll do it sort of left to right. But I've had really mixed results with that um, in terms of it picking the people out. And sometimes even when there's two people on screen, um, and frankly, it's when somebody's got a darker uh, complexion, it seems to be not including that so whether it's just however it's sort of recognizing people on the screen i'm not sure um but in some cases you know the other person was talking and yet i was there sort of full screen so i had mixed results with it however it did give me some you know good stuff out from uh, you know the uh the the content in in other ways but that lack of being able to sort of adjust things as you were saying that uh, video can do um was was basically like a bit of a, a barrier to it but i did find that it was good for picking out the clips and that's the issue that i've always had with repurposing content is the idea of going back in and you know finding things in in old content whereas using something like this even if i don't use the final thing from opus itself using it to kind of find these little bits of information and then uh either going and back and doing those or to be honest if it's little snippets of stuff from myself then i'd rather just record the, the thing again you know just do it as a, a one-take thing into Ecamm in vertical, uh, maybe drop that into Descript, although, you know, with what you're saying, I'll check out video, uh, but then drop it into that and just add the captions on that way because it's actually a lot more frictionless for me to just sit there and, you know, knock out 20 or 30, 30 second, one minute clips than it is to go back and find the original content and do it all that way, unless video is good. <laughs> yeah, that's so Alec. Of course you would just redo it and it would be faster. That's crazy. <laughs> And and anybody else on the AI front at all? I tried Opus. I, I tried Opus. Um, it, the the few examples that I had 
it just didn't work very well for me. In my on my live streams or in my videos, I usually have overlays and such, and it was really difficult to be able to find a decent looking clip where I didn't have some rando thing hanging off on the bottom or whatever. And I didn't have I, I couldn't go back in and like punch it in a little bit. So let's say, for instance, I had an overlay on or whatever. I would go into Final Cut and then this, you know, change the orientation of it so that I can get exactly what I wanted. I couldn't do that. And, you know, it was a nice clip, but just like what you said, Alex, great. You now you know what clip to use, but now you just made yourself more work. So mm-hmm. I work enough. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay. Just saying. Exactly. And you, you can only use the YouTube link to say, hey, Opus, grab from this, right? Or can you upload an MP4? It's it's only the YouTube link, and in fact, that thing to Michelle's point there. A lot of my videos are obviously tutorials, where sometimes I'm, I'm I might be saying something of value, but there happens to be like a screen share going on. Um, but what I did try was just uploading ISO video as a private video or an unlisted video to YouTube, then giving it that, and then getting the output from it. So I did try that, but that I mean, I did it once just as an experiment, but. I'm not going to be, you know, uploading a whole load of ISO videos just for it to do that thing. Again, it's quicker for, to, for me to just, well, let, let me get, get it to find the sort of little nuggets of information and then, you know, re-record those. Because I do find that there's a weird thing, like it's, it's picked up on the something of value in there, um, but sometimes there's a really weird sort of lead into it and it doesn't kind of make sense. So I would definitely want to sort of phrase it slightly different or, you know, the actual bit that it's clipped, I've got no control over, but I guess I need to try video that you're recommending. That sounds like that solves a lot yeah. of that problem. Yeah, because you can zoom and shift and, you know, and then you can mm-hmm. split and you can, you know, I, I, I did one with, you know, from us and we had, you know, I had one P on top and another P and, you know, and, and people were actually making faces at each other. And it was beautiful. And I was like, oh, this actually makes sense as an edit. Is this what editing is like if you do it well? And yeah, it seemed really cool. So um, hopefully I'll, okay. So here, here's the promise. I will get that out onto somewhere, the YouTubes or the Instagrams or something, and we'll link to it in the show notes. So y'all can go have a look and see what that looks like and how we used it for this podcast. So there we go. There's a force function for you. I just pledged. And we're going to, and we're going to have a link to Keely's affiliate link as soon as we get her one in the show notes as well. No, right. Like give me a damn affiliate link. No, it's just, you know, I think we are the kind of people who will go out and we'll try tools, but we'll really, we'll really give it the, the thorough, work over. Right. And because we all have very specific use cases and different things, you know, Rob's going to be making really, really polished, uh, fronts and, and Rich is doing a lot of podcast editing. And then, you know, Michelle's doing her live streams and Dina's doing outside mobile video, vertical format, Alex trying not to ever edit in his entire life. Like we all have different needs and, and uh, perspectives. And I think that's really cool. That's what's been really fun about, you know, this conversation and, and how we've gone through all the tools. So thanks very much for all your, your contributions, gang. And let's all go by video and give me money for it. Thanks for having me on the creator spot. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. No, seriously, tell somebody. Okay. So look, we'd love it if you subscribe and do all the things especially leave us a comment somewhere where you get your podcast. Check out our video version on our YouTube channel, The Creator Spot. 
The Creators Pod is produced by C22 Media. Alec Johnson, Dina Taylor, Keely Dunn, Rich Graham, Rob Balls, and me, Michelle Lawrence. Deuces. Keep recording. We need outtakes.